Hello and welcome to Mean Green Money, the UNT Student Money Management Center podcast that explores everything you need to know about money in college and beyond. Today, since it was just Valentine's Day, the day before we recorded this, we decided to tackle the subject of love and money and how we learn to manage money and talk about money in relationships. So we have a panel of four of our peer mentors in our office who are in various stages of dating and or not dating to talk about our personal experiences and practical tips for things that you might want to use in your relationships to open up this conversation. So do y'all want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Uh, My name is Michael Silvey. I am a graduate student here at UNT, been here for six years, and next month I will have been in a relationship for a year. My name is St. Mitchell, I'm a peer mentor here, and uh, I'm coming up on my fourth month in my relationship. Hi, my name is AJ Covington, I am also a peer mentor, I'm the only single one out of the group. And I'm Becca, and I've been dating my boyfriend for a year and two months now, I think. But let's start at the beginning, talking about first dates. How much do y'all think it is appropriate to spend on a first date, and who do you think should pay for the first date? Okay, I'll take the lead. First dates, I think, can go a couple different ways. Some people are kind of old-fashioned. They think typically think that the guy has to pay on the first date. Some people think that the girl should pay on the first date. Some people think it should be split. My personal opinion is, is it's whoever should, whoever initiated the date. Um, I'm actually in a relationship with another man, so that was sort of a topic that was new. I don't like to really fit the whole like gender stereotype thing of like, oh, the guy has to pay because you're on a date. So it was more of a conversation of like, in the moment, who felt more comfortable paying? Like we both kind of initiated our first date, so who was the one who felt more comfortable, and like, then it just became a system of like, oh, you paid last time, so I paid this time. Was there a discussion around that first one, or did it just kind of happen? It actually just kind of happened. We were at a national conference, uh, and we were out at like a lunch, and it went really, really well, but he was like, yo, you're not paying for this, I'm paying for you, and I was, and I kind of pushed back a little bit because I was like, I have the funds, like, why not? And then it led into, um, okay, fine, I'll get you next time. And then since then, through every single date, it's been like, okay, we're just back and forth on this. Uh, Me personally, I think that if you initiated it and you're the one like, hey, let's go somewhere, you should pay. And uh, usually, typically speaking, what I see, it's the man initiating the first date. Like, hey, how you doing, shorty? What's up? And um, they initiate the first date. And so they're usually typically the ones that pay. So I think it's only fair if you initiated it. You should definitely be spending your bread. And I feel like the person who initiated it, if they're the ones who picked the restaurant or the activity or something, they're thinking about what's in their price range, not necessarily the price range of the person that they're asking out. So I would think it would make sense to, if you ask, be prepared to pay. And you know, if they want to split it or something, that could happen, but I feel like you should be prepared as the person who initiated it. That's fair. So how much? $10? Slice of pizza? $100? I think the most I've ever paid for for a first date, right? The most I paid for the entire night, I think I spent $80 for a first date. That was dinner at a, not a five-star restaurant, it was a nice restaurant. 
then we went and, I don't I think we went and, I think we ended up going bowling or something, and we played a few games, and bowling, after a while, can be a little expensive. I'm thinking back on my first date, and no, like, uh, the most I spent on the first date, and I was 16, it was Oof. with this girl I was really like, that I really liked, I was really trying to impress her, I had a car, I'm like, okay, what's up, I'm a ball out, so Oof. I took her, I took her bowling, I took her to Salt and Grass, and then I took her to the arcade, too. And then afterwards, we went and got ice cream and stuff. And I Dang. think that was totaling around $140. And, like, it was, it was like, a lot. She, she ended up playing me, though. But I learned my lesson. <laughs> so uh, definitely from that experience, make sure she really liked you. I think for my first date, I think it was right around, like, $100. Because we were at a, we were at a nicer restaurant that was a conference. Um and then the night progressed into going to a conference event that was at a bar. So it was more of a back and forth of like, now not only are we buying lunch, now we're getting dinner and we're buying drinks for each other. There was there was a couple of things that happened rather than just like, no, oh, we're just getting lunch. You found love at a professional conference. I sure did. <laughs> ACPA gave me my ACP bay. <laughs> There you go, podcast with puns. Ouch. So after after the first date has passed, you get a little comfortable with your significant other. What was the first time, the first conversation you had about money, apart from who's going to pay for the first date? It really happened for me because we, like, we both acknowledged that, like, hey, we're in grad school. We don't really have full-time positions. Like, we can't really do all this expensive stuff that we'd like to do all the time, right? Because, like, we don't get paid that much and we're having to pay for tuition. So we kind of sat down one day at dinner, um, actually on a date, and we were like, hey, like, do you think that we should tell this back? Like, do you think we're spending too much money? Um, like, where, kind of where are you at in your finances, and do you feel comfortable in continuing the way that we're continuing, or would you rather just, like, chill at home and do stuff like that? And it really just became almost like a really serious adult conversation of, like, maybe I need to set up a budget for this. Like, now that, now that I have another person that... I like to spend time with and I like to try and take out and stuff like that. Maybe maybe I need to add this into a budget and maybe I need to plan for this a little bit more rather than just being like, oh, let's go on a date tonight, like just willy-nilly. Yeah, that makes sense because I know personally there are things, amounts of money I would never spend on myself that's mm -hmm. for my boyfriend. I'm like, oh, like he needs this. It's a nice gift or something. Same. And I'll, I'll drop money that I would not spend on myself on him. So Same. it makes sense to think of it in that framework of like, all right, Line item in my budget for spoiling my boyfriend. True. I think that's definitely a good way to do it. I mean, I do it in my budget. I think I include like $150 per month for for dates, just in case like something happens. Who knows? Um, but I think as far as like when you're actually having that conversation with your significant other, I don't think there's like a really good time to do it. It's just a matter of kind of like Michael said, when you have to talk about it, you have to talk about it. I feel like when you get more serious in your relationship and you feel like you're beginning to take your relationship on to the next steps and on to the next levels, money should become a topic. But when you're first starting out, I feel like you should just leave that at the back burner because like you are just getting to know that person and you shouldn't stress and worry about money. And so just like everyone else said, really when you feel comfortable and really when you feel like you're moving on to those next levels and you are trying to build your life. Now, Saint, I have a question for you. Um... You said you're four months in, right? Yes. Have you had that conversation with your significant? 
Yeah, we have because we have been taking that step and we have begun to start talking about where we're going in our life and how we're going to build and how we're going to become a part of each other's lives. And money has become that topic because it is something that you have to talk about if you're going to be serious with somebody. Very true. I think that that's an important thing to keep in mind too. Like, like don't be afraid to have that conversation, but also at the same time, it's pretty. It's a pretty serious conversation. So make sure that you also are like comfortable in expressing these things rather than just being like, oh, let's talk about money today. Because like, if you're willing to grow in like a couple dynamic, like, and this is someone that you're really serious about, like, I feel like it's a topic that needs to be talked about because you never know what to what to think about in the future. I think it's a matter of, like, if you if you can see the relationship becoming more serious, yeah. then that's definitely, like, uh, it's one of those things you have to talk about. Yeah. And how detailed do you think that talk needs to be? I mean, do you think the first time you talk about money, do you need to know, you know, how much they make, how much debt they have, how much this, or do you just need to know a general idea of where they're at, that then once, you know, you're very serious, if you think about getting married or something like that, then you can see the exact numbers? Um... So I remember mine very, very, very vividly because it was the very first time that I ever had a conversation like that. And we were sitting at dinner and we were, it was another one of those things like, oh, you paid last time, so I paid this time. And we got on the topic of like, hey, like, is this something that you're still comfortable with doing? Because like food is expensive for two people sometimes. And so then it became a like, I think it was just me like being like, oh, like, like, my word is at face value. Like, I could say, like, I'm comfortable and then, like, be lying. So I literally pulled up my bank account and showed my partner. Like, I was like, here. Like, see, I'm good. And then he pulled up his bank account and showed me his. And he was like, see, I'm good. So then it was almost like a, a continuing conversation from there. Well, like, okay, so we know that we have this much in our bank accounts. Like, what? Like what's the plan from here? Okay. And you also don't have to spend money to go out on a date. You could also find innovative ways to be creative and spend time with your significant other. Like, even though it's February, it's kind of warm. So you can kind of go to a pool or you can go Netflix or you can do anything, play video games with each other. Something at the house to like really bond you. It doesn't always have to be about money. It's really more about the time that you're spending with that other person. And that's what's key for a good date. I think, and I definitely think you're on the right path there, Saint, but it also, I think it comes down to, um, I think it comes down to individuals' love languages, too, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to money, because one love language is acts of, I mean, acts of service, um, and that could just be, like, hanging out and doing, like, that kind of stuff. There's quality time, but there is also gift-giving. Yeah. So, like, one of my love languages is gift-giving. I'm that person who's like, oh, well, I think this will look cute on them, and then, like, buy them a shirt. Or, like, oh, well, they said they need a new pair of shoes. I'm that person. Yeah. Alright, speed around. Best cheap date idea, go. Going to a park. Uh, and panicking? And just, yeah, just kind of walking around and then going back to the house and watching like a cheesy romantic comedy. Yeah, I agree. Just going to a new place and wandering, yeah. I think, is a lot of fun. Like, I, we ended up wandering downtown Fort Worth for like six hours. Oh my god. And it's not that big or exciting, <laughs> but just wandering and taking the time to notice the things about your city that you don't normally see. That's and right. if you want to spend money, toss in a $5 coffee. Roller skating. Inner skate. Roller skating is really fun and it's really cheap too. There's actually a, um, there's a place here in Denton, it's called The Break Room. Um, you can pay to break stuff, and it is phenomenal. That's, that's my cheap date idea. 
It's like $75. <laughs> 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 That's true. Alright, so Austin has a different definition of cheap. But if $12 is more your style, the arcade. Okay, yeah. It's $6 a person. Uh, we went there and spent like two and a half hours playing arcade games for less than $12. Wait, there are definitely cheaper packages than $75 at the break room. I know. The romantic couple one. Okay, is $75. well, look, it don't always have to be romantic, okay? <laughs> it's a non romantic uh, session of breaking things. So why do you think it's important to have that conversation with your significant other about money? I think we kind of touched on it a little bit. Like, whenever you get to a point in your relationship where you think that you are going to be more serious than you already are, so let's say that you're starting to imagine a future with this person a little bit more, um, then I think it, I don't want to say it's a responsibility, but I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a conversation that needs to be had to kind of get to know them on a more personal level. Because everybody spends money differently. Everybody, like, has debt in a different capacity. Mm -hmm. um, and it's important to know, like, hey, if this is someone that I'm going to be spending the rest of my life with, like, maybe I should know whether you're $100,000 in debt or just, like, 6000 Because, like, there are, some, there are some relationship struggles that happen with money. And knowing, knowing at face value what you're getting into is kind of important. Right, and especially if you're thinking about moving in together or getting married, yep. there are actual real practical ramifications to you not knowing what that other person's financial situation is like. If you got to the point where you want to buy a house together and you don't realize until that moment that they have terrible credit and $100,000 in student loans, yep. that's not the time that you want to find out about that problem is when it's actually going to happen. Or if you're thinking, oh, if we'll get married, we'll be able to have a combined income and go on a bunch of nice vacations together, afford a better place, and then you realize that half their money is going towards that debt payment, mm -hmm. or they have you know, a gambling problem or something like that. Yeah. Those are things that are going to have a practical effect on your day-to-day -day life. And it's gonna be really hard to face those things when you're already living together or already married, whereas it would have been a lot easier if you would have known those things ahead of time and been able to deal with some of them and make a plan before you end up that close. And the fact that you're even comfortable enough to share your financial situation with your significant other is just showing you that you really do care for each other because I'm not just going to go sit and tell somebody um, that I'm only two dates in with that, oh, I'm currently struggling and I don't have enough money to pay for this, this, this. I'm currently working this, this, this and like laying it all out on the table like that. So like it also has to do with your comfortability level with the other person as well. And I also think, also, also <laughs> you can do it. I also think it's a good idea to know because then you can support each other yeah. and make sure that you have realistic expectations when you're going on a date or something like that. You know, if my boyfriend has a ton of free cash, then yeah, maybe I want to go to a really fancy restaurant. But you know, if he's got a goal that he's working towards, then I'm not going to expect him to, you know, give up progress towards that goal mm -hmm. just so I can have a nicer, fancier dinner. So I think having that conversation can make sure that you you have that extra avenue to support each other and make sure that you have, you know, the right expectations and you are interested in doing things that help you reach those common goals that you have of seeing each other be successful. Yeah, and I think, I think that's important to highlight too, like that even though even though that you, you think a lot about your own personal finances, when it gets to that point in a relationship, like, you have to think about there's another person that you're with. And, like, expecting something out of them in that capacity is probably not the smartest. Because, like, like I mentioned earlier, like, everybody has their own set of the way that they spend money, the way that they save money, the way that they accrue debt. And, like, 
trying to change that person isn't necessarily going to be healthy for your relationship. I think, I mean, it also just comes kind of down to practicality. I mean, we were talking about dates, we are talking about all this stuff, but I mean, I think we've kind of touched on it, but if, let's just say you're, you're, living, in, you're living together. You have a one-bedroom apartment, and you're splitting rent. Um, Mikey, you ain't got to make that face. We <laughs> understand it's a lot, but um, let's say, like, you're splitting rent with each other. You know, if you have more things that you have to pay for than your partner, so, like, in my situation, I have, you know, rent, car insurance, car payment, uh, that kind of stuff. Whereas if they only have to pay for uh, their part of rent and then like a credit card bill, like do you have that conversation of well, who pays more rent, or do you split everything evenly? Because um, then that puts one person in a bind, or does it put both people in the bind? That's when I think a certain aspect of maturity has to come in. Agreed. Um, I think that's when you have a little bit of a deeper conversation about your finances, like. Say say I'm going in and I'm paying off student loan debt, and I have a car payment, I have car insurance, I have health insurance, I have... Um, phone bills. Like, yeah, phone bills. I have a bunch of different things that I have going on, um, but my partner only really has to pay for rent and bills. Like, I don't think it's necessarily a question of, like, who pays more. I think it's a question of comfortability. And, like, where you're at with your finances. Like, let's say that uh, in my budget, personally, I have something that I could probably drop. Uh, Netflix, uh, Spotify Premium, DoorDash, because I DoorDash a lot. And let's say that there are things that I can find wiggle room in. Like, I think that's I think that's a conversation that needs to be had rather than just being like, yo, I have to pay for more things, so you pay more rent. Right, and I was actually just reading an article about this when getting ready for the podcast, and they were talking about looking at things like, all right, well, if you have to, if you want to split it evenly, you have to find somewhere that's affordable for the lower earner, yeah, or you know, mm-hmm. the person with more bills. And if the person with more money or fewer bills is uncomfortable living in the kind of place that the lower earner can afford, they were talking about that being the moment where, like, all right, if they want something out of the budget, then that person, you know needs to be able to pick up the slack yep. because, you know, it's, it doesn't feel fair mm-hmm. to let, you know, to force a lower earner to pay for something out of their comfort level. Um, and if, you know, somebody else only feels like it's fair to split that, you have to be able to recognize that. Yeah. Fairness is something that outside of the realm of money, if you want your relationship to thrive and you want your relationship to continue, fairness is something that you really need to keep an eye out on. So, if somebody out there has never had that conversation about money with their significant other, but they're thinking it might be time, what is your what are your tips for how to approach that conversation? The fact that I just recently had that conversation for the very first time, um, I would say be brave. Um, it's a scary conversation. It, it can be a hard conversation. And it can be kind of almost an awkward conversation. And I think just going into it and being like as brave as you possibly can be and really just being as honest and open about it like Mm -hmm. it's okay everybody has their different ways that they handle money and they handle things and i think that it's an important step in a relationship to take so just be brave be open and be honest i'm definitely going to agree with that um it's a weird conversation and it's it's not a conversation you can have easily i'm just going to say that i mean who knows where you, I mean, you may think you're on the exact same wavelength with your partner, but turns out you may not be. Um, so you have to have that conversation of, well, what is this going to do for us in the future? What is it going to do for us now? How does this affect everything that we've been doing? 
it's mm-hmm. difficult conversation. I mean, the best tip I can give or give you is just you got to be open. You have to be. You have to lay everything out when you have that con- conversation. Just gonna piggyback off of what everyone else has been saying. A hundred percent honesty and truthfulness. Because if you're not, then you're gonna still end up in a financial bind, and it could stress you out in the future if you're trying to worry about everything on your own. And it also helps. Because if you're both on the same wavelength, you can better prepare for the future together in your relationship so you can still have those nice things that you enjoy. A couple minutes left. Any final comments on making a relationship work and dealing with money? Pay yourself first. Like, you're in a relationship, but um, remember that some of these things might not always work out the way that you want them to. Um, So, like, yes, it's great, and yes, it's wonderful in the moment, but, like, also don't spend all of your money on your partner. Like, think about yourself, too. Make sure that, going off what Michael's saying, take care of yourself first, pay your bills, take care of what you need to take care of. Going on a date, while it is a lot of fun and it is wonderful to do and it is a great time, it is not technically an essential when it comes to making a budget. So, again, sometimes you have to drop some things um, and maybe it's spending less money on dates. Don't stress yourself out trying to make your partner happy. If it comes at sacrificing your mental health, it's not worth it. All right, well, thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. Deuces. Once again, that was peer mentors Saint, Austin, Michael, and Becca talking about our experiences handling money in relationships. If you have any feedback or ideas for the show, you can send them to moneymanagement at unt.edu. If you have any questions that you would like us to address on our next episode of Mean Green Mailbag, you can send them to that email address as well. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week.